Hello, and thank you for choosing to listen to this episode of the 101 Ways to Improve Your Life Now podcast, which is an accompaniment to the book of the same name, which you can find on Amazon. You can also find out more through the Facebook page, 101 Ways to Improve Your Life, or our website, improveyourlifenow.co.uk. In this podcast, I, James Clark, the author and host, will be chatting to friends about each of the 101 ways to improve your life now, adding a little extra detail, some material that didn't make it into the book, or talking anecdotally about our own experiences. I really hope you enjoy this episode. My guest today is Dr. Hannah Betts, who has a PhD in experimental psychology from UCL. She's recently attended her first Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event and is currently undertaking many of the suggestions Episode 9, Read. Hello and welcome to this, the ninth episode of the 101 Ways to Improve Your Life Now podcast and I'm joined today by Hannah Betts. How are you doing Hannah? Hello, I'm very well thank you. How are you? Good, I'm very well thank you. Looking forward to talking to you about a subject that I know is not particularly dear to your heart (laughs) which is reading. So, you know, of course, in your in your book, you say that reading can be a kind of thought form of therapy mm-hmm. um, and that can be with fiction and nonfiction, um, just reading something to learn or to grow or to take your mind off things or as a an escape can be a really good thing to do. However, I find reading quite difficult. Like, so obviously I can read, but I find that it's difficult to get into because I end up thinking of different things. So just for the listeners who aren't aware, what, what's your background? Talk us through your, you know, your, your sort of reading credentials. So um, I have a background mainly in psychology. Basically, um, I want Hannah to say I've done a PhD. I, yeah, which, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm getting there. Yeah, okay. I'm getting there. So <laughs> I basically spent eight years at university doing an undergrad, then a master's and then a PhD in psychology, which of course involves a lot of reading and that's reading of academic papers which are not known for being the most enjoyable easy to read so do you think that experience of reading academic papers has removed your enjoyment from reading fiction or did you were you never interested in fiction um i've always been kind of interested in the idea of curling up on the sofa and reading a nice book i love that idea um, but I think because I've always been quite academic and have read and studied lots, then because I've done that a lot in the day, I then don't want to spend my evenings relaxing by by, by reading even more, even if it is a different type of. You know, so, so do you see reading story. as work? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I did, and and now that you know, I finished my PhD a year and a half ago, and I think I'm gradually coming back round to the idea that reading is. Ple- it can be for pleasure rather than yeah. just work, yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. What's the first book you can remember reading? The first book. I read um, I read a book of short poems for children, and I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But I used to love that. Love that and it was silly little poems, sort of things that rhymed and very kind of gentle and nice yeah. and I loved that and I could kind of at the time recite a lot of the poems yeah um, so that was great um, did you read the um, Biff Chip and Kipper books I did yeah, of course yeah. that would have been before that yeah oh, I'm, I, I mean I'm did just you? yeah I did yeah I remember at primary school and I, I read some was it the magic key where a, a team yeah, of people been. used to I remember one vividly 
well, I say vividly, <laughs> as vividly as you can when you were like four, yeah. but of a, of a group who went on a submarine into a goldfish bowl. Uh, and then oh, the, okay. the pages were very vivid and the, the illustrations were very vivid of them exploring this goldfish yeah, bowl, which cool. was very small when they were large people outside of the bowl. But obviously when they were then, you know, in their submarine yeah. in the goldfish bowl, it was very exciting. I mean, that kind of, so I, I always kind of link reading with exploration and with understanding new things and learning new things and not just from an academic perspective but yeah. from a a personal perspective as well you know from a kind of transporting yourself to a new world um, yeah. you know imaginative do you think do you, how do yeah. you think your imagination kind of comes into your sort of reading experience so just just going back to the mm. biff chip and kipper Oh, well, let's stay on Biff Just, Chip and Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder, actually, thinking about it now, whether that kind of, because that was sort of different, you know, you had different stages of difficulty and it was yeah. all about whether, you know, you could get to the next stage and kind of be competitive with people or yourself, maybe. And maybe that has, maybe that kind of structured learning of reading took away the idea that that reading could be enjoyable. I think I maybe saw that as a, as an academic challenge and well, that has probably set up my views on reading quite early on and that's probably why maybe why I'm quite academic because I've sort of you know learned sensible things at school that like reading helps you learn mm. but but actually maybe I could have been taught more about that reading is a fun can be a fun thing to do so what's amazing is that I I would not have remembered that there were different levels of those books yeah. until yeah. you've reminded me and and I just remember the amazing story of the the goldfish bowl yeah. exploration, you know. Yeah, so we're um, taking completely different things, maybe from the same kind of experience. Yeah, and perhaps that's shaped our view of reading, you know, going as as we got older. Because I can remember vividly, really, really enjoying reading for that escapist element, and actually not really enjoying. I mean, you know, you, my uh, my parents will attest to the fact that I didn't really enjoy revising for exams, and obviously that that kind of involves a lot of reading. I was always interested in English and English literature. I always read a lot. It was read very widely. There are always loads of books in our house. And the funny thing is, looking back on it, and, and again, gosh, if my parents are listening, I hope they don't take this the wrong way, but some of those books were pretty punchy, you know, were, were pretty pretty hefty. Um, books like Frank Herbert's Dune, you know, was, was prominently displayed on the shelf. Um, and that, that there's a lot in there. You know, it's a sci-fi book, but there, there's a lot going on there. But we also had an awful lot of... I don't want to call them trash books, but kind of very uh, easy to read, kind of holiday reading type, um, yeah. you know, kind of Dick Francis style books, you know, with like horse racing and detectives and all that kind of stuff. Um, but growing up in an environment where reading was um, not kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't forced upon my sister and I, but it was actively encouraged, I think probably to keep us quiet but it, it ha it, there was a real place for reading in our home. Did you, did you yeah. have that as well? Um, so my parents, I, I remember my mum reading to, to me and my younger brother mm. when we went to bed. Um, and I used to really enjoy that. I like being read to, mm. but, but I can't really remember doing a lot of reading myself. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. The, the, first, the, the first kind of proper books that I really got into that were could be more adult books would yeah. be Harry Potter. Of yeah. course, they are. For and so, how old were you? Adults. How old were you when Harry Potter came out? I was probably ten, mm. nine or ten, maybe eleven. I'm not 
yeah, yeah, I was in primary school, so nine or ten, I suppose. Um, and I did sort of, you know, work through those and absolutely loved them. And that's probably the first time I really realised, apart from kind of when my mum would read to us, that was the first time I really realised that you could read and have like get so caught up in a book that you couldn't put it down. Yeah, yeah. And that was probably my first experience of that, which is amazing. And that is, and that actually came at a very good time for me, I suppose. Yeah. Because going into secondary school and new changes and new pressures and stuff, which is obviously nothing compared to you know, adult life, but at the time it was really nice to have something that everyone was talking about and it was a kind of, you know, everyone loved it. So it was a we, we were experience. We were talking about this before we started this podcast episode about that, that change and that transition to, mm. to secondary school. And do you think that reading can ha- could ha- could have helped you with that, or did it have an impact on on th- those kind of changes? Do you think reading can kind of provide you with a bit of stability, a bit of or or maybe um, so so either in one sense it's a it's something that's permanent. So books on the shelf are physical objects and they're there forever. And I think of books like Tender as the Night. Um, uh, by F. Scott Fitzgerald and books like Scoop or uh, Vile Bodies by Evelyn Waugh. Yeah. And those are books that I've read when I was 17, 19, 21, 25, 30, 33. And I've read them all through my life. And it's it's a, almost a comforting... Um, it's it's something to come back to. It's quite yeah. a secu- like an anchoring um, yes. thing. Do you think... But you know, I mean, I've obviously, I, I obviously think that books can have this, not like a security blanket, but like a kind of they almost exist in their own, in their own right. That I mean, I'm getting a bit deep, but yeah. maybe they are, they're like these artifacts that are the same, but yes. that as we change, we so we can go back to them and feel comfort, but we can also read them with fresh eyes. You know, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that's kind of yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I do think that if you've read something, also if you've read something at a particular time in your life it, it, and you reread it at a later, a later <clears throat> stage, you can yeah. really take you back to that time in your life when you first read it and remind you of all the things you were doing at the time. Yeah. And there is something nice about reading something again or watching the same film again or you know something for that kind of comfort and familiarity. Yeah. But I think that's why I really like series I sort of you know multiple books in the series because with Harry Potter of course you knew who the characters were you knew that the next book was going to be brilliant and so you could commit to it in a way quite easily because you know it's familiar but it's still exciting because of course new things are going to happen without you having to try different books and I don't like the idea of getting 100 pages into a book and then finding actually it's not it's not the one for you and that feels like a, a waste of time for me and of course it isn't at all because it's all about learning and and it's interesting to learn what you don't like as well as what you do like yeah but I find that quite difficult so I have to do quite a lot of research about a book before I actually want to read it and hear good reviews from different people however it was you who recommended a series of books called Hyperion to me. Oh, yes. Dan Fantastic. Simmons. Talk about them for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, I know I haven't quite finished the last book, so there are four books in the series, and the, these are kind of, you know, several hundred pages each. They're quite chunky books. They're quite um, detailed um, and can bring up some quite complicated topics. They're kind of sci-fi 
but you can read them on a number of different levels, which is what you, that's how you convinced me to read them um, at the start. And you said that, I think I'm right in saying that, you know, you can read them as a science fiction book, just as a story, or you could read them about a comment on society generally, or about technology or religion. Or, you know, there are so many themes that the books cover. Um, and that makes them really interesting. And also the fact that it's a series of four books means that if you like the first one, you know, you're almost certainly going to like the next three. And that's really exciting to get into something for so long. Um, I just, they are, they are brilliant books. They are, they are definitely my favourite, the, fa- the my, my favourite books. Well, great. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad. A good recommendation. Good. I'm <laughs> glad that something I recommended works. And hopefully some of the 101 ways will, uh, will, will have the same impact on some of our listeners and our readers. Absolutely. Um, we've talked about reading for pleasure up until now and I've kind of talked about how reading for pleasure it can be explorative it can kind of open your mind and you've you've talked about the kind of enthusiasm and you've talked about series of books and how they they kind of engage you because you almost for entertainment you want them to be quote-unquote good um do you ever read any standalone books do you ever read any you know um Booker Prize books or anything like that? Do you ever kind of, do you ever, do you ever take, um, just instead of going with a series, do you ever read something on its own? Yeah, um, so I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I have. But what I find is that for most of them is that I don't finish them. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah, and why is that? I think you I get, get bored? bored quite mm. easily. Mm. And so it has to be really gripping mm. or it has to lead on to another book, maybe. Maybe that's why a series are better for me. Um, so that, but that's interesting because when we talked about Biff, Chip and Kipper and you talked about climbing a ladder of academic achievement, you're also, mm-hmm. in a way, you could sort of see that in your, in a series, you're trying to complete the series rather than yes. maybe, you know, to totally focus on the story or I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of half-read books at, at <laughs> <laughs> on the bookshelf. Yeah. Um, and that ranges from you know, Pride and Prejudice to, you know, kind of one of those sort of easy summer holiday kind of easygoing books um, and a lot of them are great books so, so we use momentum so we've talked about reading for pleasure yeah. what about reading for self-improvement you know or for learning well, a new task learning a new topic of course I have read from cover to cover 101 ways to improve your life now which was a great book and I think it's so it is so accessible and it's just a really great idea to be able to pick up a book read a page or two which is you know a chapter an idea you know that of a of one way that can very easily make your life just a little better and if you do a few of them that's making your life quite a bit better well that's um, a that's a glowing book review thank you very much no oh, it was a great book but yeah. but you know going back to whether do you read books for for educational value i mean you kind of read this yeah. book because i forced you to yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but do you read you know, do you read other books for educational purposes? Yeah, I, I like um, popular psychology books. I think they're quite kind of, they can be quite educational and very relevant to everyday life. And also they're quite, they are quite popular, aren't they? And things like um, Malcolm Gladwell, um, easy to read, maybe nothing groundbreaking, but things that, actually you maybe haven't realised you know things like um, the power of your kind of instincts for example and he talks quite a lot about that in his book Blink um, and it, it, as you're reading it you kind of think well that's yeah that's kind of fairly obvious but of course it isn't because you don't think about it in your day to day life 
Um, so there, the ideas in the books are making you think about how you live your life and maybe having an impact on that? Mm, yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. Yeah, so that's something that I, I try and do as much as possible, and that's something that I definitely was encouraged to do by my, by my father. He, he used to go away and read these kind of self-improvement books, like Who Ate My Cheese? And he would yeah. come back, and he would be applying these rules to his life and really you know tra like transforming himself in front of us you know it was really amazing to see yeah. completely different sides of his character would come out and he would behave in a very different way and then of course real life comes in and and has an impact on you and that's and that's fine and that's what happens but i think from that as a model i i also probably do that as well um but i mean i'm looking on the bookshelf now and i i've got in my living room i've got books encased in a cupboard which i can't see and then i've got books that are out on the shelf which are then in front of another set of books that are on the shelf and you know i'm looking across at some of the the titles of those and books you know like napoleon hill think and grow rich um rob moore's money you know we're, at the moment i'm interested in um property so there's three or four property books there there's there's books about how you can um improve your life you know the power of now Eckhart Toller. i like to kind of always have prominently yeah. and have done for about 10 years i've got an alan watts book um lioko uh, Mabika was talking about Alan Watts in the last, um, in fact, and and um, Stephen Lynch talk about Alan Watts as well. So I, I've got these books, and I and I often turn to them, and I'm often reading those. Um, Have you put them at the front of your bookshelf for a reason? Are they there as as prompts? You know, so you know, obviously you've read them, so you know what's in there, and is it useful for you to kind of say, "All oh, right, the power of now," which of course teaches you about controlling your thoughts and um, yeah well controlling your thoughts mm. really and sort of not letting them go crazy and negative do you find that that's useful just having it there as a reminder of that you can do that yeah absolutely and I think that I think for the same reason I have classic um, uh, novels that I have collected over the years in my bedroom on my bedroom shelf because that is a space for comfort and relaxation and those books remind me of as you you've alluded to you know curling up in front of the fire um, you know, and reading a book, not quite that, but but that kind of ethos. Mm. Whereas those books, you know, are in the living room, they're there, they're kind of there to remind me to about what I'm interested in and what to focus on and what lessons I need to apply from those books that I've read. I mean, one of the amazing things that I think about reading is you get an insight from somebody who has a whole life's worth of experience that's completely different to your own and they've given it to you. Yeah. yeah, and that is so powerful. Like that is just amazing. You're you're kind of hacking experience, you know. And they say, you know, always learn from other people's mistakes. Well, you know that there are there are books out there that have got some amazing stuff. And I'm not just talking about um, academic, more non-fiction books. You know, if you read something like um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez's Hundred Years of Solitude, you're you can he is not describing his own interpretations of love but he is describing interpretations of love which you can then understand and try and identify your own feelings and it, it can it gives you this amazing opportunity to access a whole range of feelings and experiences and knowledge that you wouldn't have had previously yeah i think that's a really really good point you know it is you're getting so much sort of bang for buck out of out of a book you know that sort of represents someone's life or their thoughts or their observations 
on other people's lives and that's a, that is a very, very good point. One of the nicest memories that I have of being you know, in my teens is in sick form when we would have these free periods in the afternoon and I would go home and I would sit and read drinking a mint tea in the living room and there'd be no one else in the house because everyone else was at work or at school and that that you know absorbing the the kind of the lessons and and just the way of writing that some authors have you know it it, it I don't know it kind of makes you feel like your brain's growing you know it's like yeah. a, but, it, but in a nice not in like a overcoming challenge but in like almost being fed you know it's like it's getting full up with with good ideas and good thoughts and new things and it I don't know reading just has this amazing quality this this and, and it's a different experience to to any other I think you know yeah. I, I think you the way that you can absorb information and the way that you then can interpret it I, it's just incredible well and of course it gets your imagination going which is kind of it, you know it's very good for you to do that and I think I think it's Tony Robbins that says you should read for kind of half an hour a day to mm. to to develop you know to to grow your mind and to feed your mind I think that is a very important thing to do you know we are as humans we are constantly evolving and changing on a daily minute by minute almost basis and you have to feed your feed your mind with the right stuff i think it's important to to not fill it with junk rubbish tv and yeah know, it's important to to fill it with good stuff so i guess on that note we can wind up the podcast we basically talked about how you can read for for pleasure for escapism and also for learning and growth but how reading has this amazing kind of different quality whereby it's it's almost like it's almost like unlocking you to 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 other people to the outside world in a way that you can't really do in yeah. in any other format yeah um so i'm a huge advocate of reading hannah i know i'm i'm you're a work in progress <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll yeah. get there in the end yeah um thank you so much for being a guest today and uh, have a good day thank you thanks very much for listening this is the latest episode of the 101 ways to improve your life now podcast which accompanies the book of the same name which you can find on amazon now i was the guest hannah betts and just a reminder one pound from every book goes to combat stress If you're interested in joining James for an episode, please don't hesitate to get in touch via the Facebook page.